When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, thank you very much for tuning in this evening. It is 7.06 Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. The voice of your Edmonton Eskimos and Edmonton Oilers. Eskimos play B.C., Coverage will start at 6 o'clock on Friday. That is going to be a good one. Jed Roberts is in studio. Uh, man, Lule, it's like he's one of the top nine quarterbacks in the league, is he not? And he's oh, been yeah, their backup. Lule, you know, and, uh, you know, he's healthy. I think that's the big difference. Because he know? really got beat He had up, yeah. been struggling with injuries with his shoulder there. He had a couple surgeries on it, I think. And, you know, when he stepped in for Jennings about three weeks ago, I don't think anybody expected him to throw for 400 yards. I mean, they would have been happy if he, you know, hung a couple hundred. But he really just went to work. And that just, you know, just kind of speaks to the the work that Lule put into to his body and to keep him, himself healthy. I did a couple camps with him a few years ago through Kamal Peterson and uh, you know Lule, Lule's a great guy, very articulate, very personable and he's a great team guy and I know those guys really respond to him so I mean I guess the question now is like what do you do? Do you keep him in there? Do you bring Jennings back? I mean it's a good problem to have if you're Wally Buono. Yeah. You know? And Buono's team's Oh, like you just knew if Buono coached the team, it yeah. was going to be a tough one. Yeah, and he just he just knows what to do, you know. And he he's he's really good at putting guys in position to to succeed. You know, he doesn't put guys in positions where they're overwhelmed or whatever. It's very rare that you see a, a Bruno coach team, you know, struggle in that way. You know, he's always got the right people in the right place at the right time. Jed Roberts was an Edmonton Eskimo from 1990 to 2002. How, how did you know it was time to retire? <laughs> well, did you know, or was the decision well, made broke, for you? I, I broke. I dislocated my foot in my last game. Actually, oddly enough, uh, Jason Moss and I are, are forever connected on that one because Jason was our quarterback, backup quarterback that year. Actually, he was starting. Started and then, and then Ricky Ray was kind of. They just flown him in. I think that night in uh, July, early July a home opener. I was on a point after attempt. I was the tight end. I don't know whose bright idea it was on the coaching staff to put the depth guy in at tight end. Because what happens if the holder, which was Jason Moss, he bobbled the snap. And so we had to, he had to yell fire. I and mean, the depth guy didn't hear it. So I'm the only guy who was an eligible receiver who didn't go out for a pass when he yelled fire because I couldn't hear it, right? And uh, I just happened to look back because I usually time it up in my head like the kick should have happened by now and it hadn't happened. I looked out the corner of my eye while I'm engaged with an Ottawa player and realized that Jason's heading my way with the football. So I went back and tried to drive the guy back into the end zone so I could make some room for Jason. Well, he gets tackled into me from behind with two guys on top of him. So I had three three players land on the back of my foot and had uh, dislocated my foot and, and compound fracture of the tib-fib. And uh, I knew right away it went. It went like, you know, dry kindling. You could hear it pop. 
And um, when everybody got up, which took, I think it seemed like five minutes, but it was more like probably 30 seconds. But I got up and I looked at my foot, which was essentially backwards. So I started harping off the field and the referee grabbed me and he pulled me down just before I got to the sideline. He says, go down, man. Like your foot is wet. It's making me sick. I said, it's not making you sick. What do you think I feel? (laughs) Oh, my. So, yeah, Jason was the first person to come see me in the hospital, though. He had tears in his eyes, and he was apologizing to me. I'm like, what are you apologizing to me for, man? And he said, well, you know, your foot's broken. I said, well, it's not your fault. Like, it's just the way it goes. I've played for 13 years, no regrets. I appreciate it, though. But that was, a, so that that was, was the, the kind of guy play. Jason is. You know? That was your last play early in the That was my last two. play. But you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. They brought the, the ambulance out for me, and they drove me to Royal Alex and had the surgery, I think, in two or three days after that because the, te- the team surgeon was out of town. Mm-hmm. So, so I had to wait but uh yeah that was when i knew it was made for me and i actually like that it happened that way because there was no i didn't have to think about it it was yeah i gotta get told by somebody but i was already doing what i'm doing right now which is running yeah let people know what you're up to yeah i I work for an agency called unlimited potential community services i uh work with at-risk youth and um our particular uh home that, that that i work in is over in uh the hood, I like to call it. It's not far from 118th Ave. So uh, we've been doing that for about 10 years. Before that, I was at the Oak Hill Boys Ranch for about nine years. So I've been doing this for about 20 years. What do you like about doing that type uh, of work? I get paid to play. I get paid to, I, I hang out with kids. We joke around. We have a lot of fun. You know, I, I'm a, I'm an optimistic guy. And um, But you must meet some kids in really yeah, tough well, the, spots. You know what? Though. The kids always have the potential to change, right? And the kids are extremely resilient. You know, they're a lot tougher, I think, than adults in a lot of ways. And, you know, their brains are still forming. And so a lot of the things that they do, you know, it's pretty amazing. It's cool to see where they go. You know, a lot of kids surprise me. And I'm always, I like surprises, you know. And, and I like to, I like, I'm, like I said, I'm an optimistic guy. And I always think about, uh, you know, where they'll be in 5, 10, 20 years. And it's nice to have them come back and say thanks. So. You know, I, I've, I've mentioned on air several times, along <laughs> with my parents, I've had Eskimo season tickets since yeah. 1997. Uh, you became my dad's favorite Eskimo. Uh, because he was the principal at Grand Trunk High School in Evansburg, and as one of the community appearances, you actually went out yeah. to Evansburg and, and spoke there. And I remember my my dad saying, you know, Jed Roberts was was unbelievable. He was just so impressed. What would you you know What would you say to the kids? What message would you try to? Do? Well, the big the big message was just don't put all your eggs in the the hockey basket, or don't put all your eggs in the you know the sports basket. You know, get into the education and make sure you do that, so that whatever happens down the road, you've got that education to fall back on. We talk to the girls about, you know, not putting themselves in a position to where they have to rely on somebody else to take care of them, you know, because, you know, my mother was raising three kids as a single parent and she didn't have the degree she needed to work in the field she wanted to work in. So she had to go to night school. And so I watched her struggle for two or three years going to night classes and working full time. And it was good for me to see that because she was a great role model. So I always like to talk to the girls about don't, uh, don't let any of the guys sweet talk you out of not going to school because they want to, they want to take care of you because that doesn't happen. You know, you've got to take care of yourself. So there's lots of different messages in there, you know, overcoming obstacles. Uh, I was never expected to play much past high school. So um, kind of surprised everybody, surprised myself, I think, in some respects. And I was able to come up and flourish and play as long as I did. So my dad always said, you know, Edmonton's a really good town in terms of uh, it's a community-owned team. And the community really takes care of the players if the players are 
approachable and accessible and give back to the community. And so I really tried to keep that in mind. And so I did as much as I could. I did all the stuff I did, I think, for the five, first five years. I never got paid for any of it, you know. I wasn't expected to. I just And I did it with the intent of, like, if my career ends tomorrow, will they know who I am when I go to apply for jobs? And that's exactly what happened. I was able to apply for, you know, the first job I got at Oak Hill was with some of the the guys I was playing with at the time. Some of those guys are still working there. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, all the stuff I did in the community, that all kind of came around for me and so it's good you, you know your reputation's really all you got you know and you got to be careful and maintain it protected so you mentioned the the you know the career the injury that ended your career or, or you know late was late in your career turned out to be the last play are you you turned 50 later this year yeah do you have any lingering pain yeah issues? you know and uh my dad was really vocal about and very up or honest about like his struggles and I watched him you know limping around when he got older and but my dad never worked out like he always everything he did came natural to him you know he was 6'5 it was 230 when he played and then he got up over well over 300 pounds he was a big guy but he never went to the weight room so he was just naturally that big and I saw that so I was always really big on being in the weight room and uh, so I do that I went to the, the weight room today and that, that makes a huge difference in terms of like energy level mm-hmm. and you know yeah, I've got the, the mangled right leg, and I ruptured my left Achilles in 98. I actually came back to play five more years after that, but um, they bother me some days, especially when the weather changes. I can really, you can, I can tell you a couple of days in advance that we're going to have snow or something like that because my right leg really starts to bother me, but it's not something that I let hold me back, you know. I try to, you know, I would I would gladly do it all over again. There's nothing I would change. You know, I had a great career. I've got nothing, to, no regrets. We should get back to your dad. We, we started off talking about him, uh, former Ottawa Rough Rider, if you're just joining us, uh, Jay Roberts and Jed Roberts, former Eskimos in studio. Uh, he passed away in, in, in 2010, uh, and you, you were telling me off here he donated his, his brain? What's yeah, the story he was there? the first CFL player and uh, former CFL player to donate his brain to, to concussion research because I remember having conversations with him in, in early 2000s, and he, he knew something was wrong, and he couldn't figure out what it was, and I think a lot of the behaviors that he'd had in his life, you know, he struggled with alcohol and um he would make some pretty puzzling decisions, tell the same stories over and over again. Um, and he knew, he knew there was something on. And so right around the same time when Bennett O'Malley, the surgeon, was doing the uh, the concussion research, he'd, he'd examined Mike Webster's brain. My dad read that, like when he yep. produced that, uh, and, and he wrote that paper for the journal, the medical journal. And my dad called me and he said, I think I know, like this is something you need to look out for. He said, this is the big elephant in the room in the NFL and it's going to blow up. And this was way before anything, like the movie came out, the book came out. And so uh, I remember telling my dad's sister, my aunt, about that, and she was like, she was amazed when everything kind of and so my dad to donate his brain that was pretty cool like i'm really proud of that and uh they did then when they came back it came back positive for the for the tau protein and and he knew like it wasn't like it was a big yeah. secret so uh but it was it was disheartening to see that but my dad i watched film of him i've got i've seen him play when he was at kansas blocking for gail sayers yeah uh when he played for ottawa and he was a very physical guy he led with his shoulder and he he hit his head so the head's getting... he told me stories about making really big blocks and then waking up two days later in the middle of a speech for 99 roses in ottawa you know and he didn't even know where he was so in two his days Gus got two days he has no idea what he was doing leading up to that My between God. the game and that speech yeah Got uh, Travis texting in who calls himself the guy who puts the G in Gibbons. Needs a G. Uh, he says, Jed, my man, if you could compare yourself to one NFLer of the past, who would it be? Wow, that's a tough question. One NFL, uh, maybe. Uh, 
the guy that played for uh, Miami, the Zach Miller, I think his name was, the linebacker. Well, Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas. Zach yeah, Thomas. probably more of a guy like that, or maybe Mark Mark Pike from the Buffalo Bills, Ooh, who had the one. CFL record for most, or Larry Izzo, like a guy like that, like a All special right. teams guy. Maybe uh, and a guy that you know when you put him in, he wasn't a liability. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Comfort- comfortably but, average. Great question, though. Yeah, yeah. that's a great. Uh, question. This texture. <laughs> Uh, this uh, texture says, I worked with Jed at a very important place east of the city about a decade ago, and it still impacts and influences my life today, except for hairstyles. <laughs> that is from Brie. You know who Brie is? Or yeah, is it Bri? Maybe the, it's Bri. I had Bri. the world's greatest mullet. It was, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was beautiful. Like, some days I wish I would have, like, taken a more like a cast of it or something. <laughs> And I could wear it as a helmet. You could put it, it on. Unbelievable! It was the greatest mullet. I'm not. I'm tell. I'm talking Kentucky waterfall, man. Like it was. <laughs> it was really short in the front. It was deceiving because you would see me from the front. And oh yeah, he's a pretty clean cut guy. And then bam, it was all the way down to my butt in the back. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Jed Roberts has been in studio. It's been great that you came. I hope. I hope we can do this again sometimes because you're such an interesting uh, yeah. story. Um, you know, and you're very candid, obviously, about mm-hmm. your dad's struggles and that relationship. And uh, you, you know, you're you're hearing. Well, you're extremely hard of hearing, I guess. That's yeah. a polite yeah. way to put it. Yeah. Uh, but let me let me finish on this. What what's the biggest impact the Edmonton Eskimos have had on you as a person? I wouldn't have anything if I didn't play for the team. Like football gave me everything I have. I have. It's just that's about as blunt as I can be, you know. Um, and my dad was very um, forceful when he told me that when I got on the plane in Winnipeg, he said, listen, Edmonton is the franchise at, at that time. And I, I would argue that it still is. Edmonton is the flagship franchise of the CFL. You know, you can say what you want about the Riders and all that. But, you know, the Edmonton has always been that team. And, you know, when things were going bad in the 90s, Edmonton was what kept it all afloat. Right. And he said, if you go to that town and you put in the work, they will take care of you and they will take really good care for you, care, care of you. And, and that's exactly what happened. You know, I've, I've never wanted for anything in this town. It's this is a small town the size of the big city. Everybody knows everybody. And everywhere I go, I see people that I've worked with or run into in the past or talk to at the school or whatever. And it's, it's all it's nothing but love. It's a great city. Well said. How do people follow you on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jed, I don't Jed, use Twitter Jed, Jed as Rock much. Jedrock43, yeah. is yeah, that Jed the one? Rock 43. You don't tweet a lot. Yeah, I don't tweet a lot. I yeah, use mostly Instagram photos. Once in a while, I'll weigh in on something and we'll get some feedback. But I'm still trying to figure out why Twitter's there. But, you know, I'm more I'm of not a Facebook sure why guy. Really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jed, thanks for coming in. I really do hope we can do this again. Really yeah, appreciate we will. your time. Yeah, ask me. I'll come in anytime. Yeah, right it's on. fun. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me. That is Jed Roberts, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Well, that was an absolute pleasure to have Jed Roberts in studio. 13 years as uh, an Edmonton Eskimo. Some great stories there. and Clearly, he likes Mike Riley and the current edition of the team. 722 CFL tonight. Toronto leading Ottawa 13-9 with 7.05 left in the third quarter. The Blue Jays are leading Oakland 4-2 after 7. Both teams uh, more or less out of it. 44 and uh, 54 on the season. Hey, I was at, I was at Windermere today. They're already getting rolling for next week's Oil Country Championship. They announced six sponsor exemptions, including Oilers goaltender Grant Fuhr and Jason Martins, 20-year-old Edmontonian who's played a lot of golf at Windermere. Oh, it's very exciting to get out here and play against some of the best guys in Canada and from the States. It'll be a good test of golf, that's for sure. How's your game ramping up? Uh, it, it, you know what, it's been good. Um, you know, golf 
can go both ways, but uh, recently it's been good, and uh, I'm going to hopefully carry it over. Now, Windermere's your home track, though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's my home course, so I expect it to change drastically, though. They like to switch it up when we get tournaments here, so it's going to be a test. How long have you been playing here? Uh, I grew up here. I was down in Swigman Club when I was two years old, um, and so I've been a member for as long as you were able to, being a junior, and so this is really my only course that I've ever been truly a member at. No, no, that's interesting because I don't know a lot of two-year-olds who necessarily wake up and say they want to golf. So who uh, who was the guiding light there that got the club in your hand? Oh, for sure my parents. My dad would bring me down here at two years old. He didn't trust me with anything metal, so it was all plastic golf clubs. So I couldn't hurt anybody on the range and um, could kind of swing, swing the club around. So when did it become your, your sport of choice, though? Because I assume, like a lot of kids, you probably did hockey and soccer or whatever whatever else. Yeah, I played yeah, hockey, soccer growing up. Um, I think as soon as high school hit, I sort of, okay, you got to choose one. Um, I was coming off a couple different injuries, and I was thinking, okay, I can't afford to get hurt for golf. And I was better at golf, so that's kind of when I chose to play the sport. So what's, uh, what's your game? Is it length? Is it putting? Is it, yeah, do you have something that stands out as a strength? Uh, I, I like to say my putting um, will be my defense around here. Um, like I said, I've got to know the greens for so many years. That's where I'll be able to maybe pick up a few shots on the field. But we'll see. There's so many good golfers, and they all everybody's great putters, so we'll have to see. <laughs> now they're reading off your, your resume. But how many amateur amateurs have you won? Oh, uh, no, they, they were talking about the um, winning championship down the here. Windermere championship yeah. so how many times you won the Windermere uh, well as a junior I won it six times um, growing up and then uh, won uh, the men's um, one one time because we've only been able to play in it since um, I was 18 and so I lost last year to, to a to a very good player down here that played in the nationwide tour which is now web.com so it didn't hurt too bad that I lost last year okay but you won the men's when you're because you're still junior age till yeah. you're 20 yeah so I, I was 18 when I won that um, and so having won the junior club championship I had the ability to play in the men's so I won it that year too so I got the double crown I guess <laughs> okay awesome stuff um, tell me a little bit about this course what are the, some of the uh, you know ins and outs or or challenges or ways you can attack it? Um, I mean, it's it's pretty tight off the tee, so they can grow the rough out here, so you really want to be accurate off the tee. Um, a couple greens, there's multiple tiers, so you really got to um, place your ball in the right portion of the greens to, to play well. Okay. Sports-wise, uh, Oilers fan, Eskimos fan, anything Edmonton? What, what are you? Oh yeah, big Oilers fan, Eskimos fans. Um, my family has season tickets to both um, to both events, so uh, big fan of both. So you can still go to the big game against the Lions and then ramp up the tournament prep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, planning on actually going to that game on Friday, just sort of relax a little bit and then get, head down and get going. All right, that is Jason Martins, ready to go for the Oil Country Championship. Pretty cool experience for him playing on his home course. Yeah, six-time winner of the Junior Club Championship at Windermere as an 18-year-old. He uh, won the Men's Club Championship, so now he'll try it on the McKenzie Tour. Again, the actual tournament tees off next Thursday, but there's going to be pro-ams and uh, other stuff going on uh, all throughout the next week, starting on Monday. Uh, Jason referenced going to the Eskimos game on Friday. And, of course, Morley Scott will be there. I'll be there. Dave Campbell will be there. You guys are broadcasting the game. We uh, are. BC coming to town, but they're back at work today. 
Yes, they were back at work today, this afternoon. First, they did Monday Morning Magic nice. this morning. Back at work this afternoon, and they'll get into it all week. Big game Friday, 4-1 BC Lions against the 4-0 Eskimos. Eskimos beat them week one, so they got the upper hand. Uh, you win this game, you stay in first place, you got control of first place, and you win the season series. So, huge game. We'll talk to the coach about it coming up. And I assume uh, probably we'll find out what's going on in the plan with Hugh O'Neill, the kicker who's been brought back. Yeah, yeah, Hugh O'Neill back in practice today. Yeah, absolutely. Shaved the beard off. Oh, it's got a totally different. A tightly groomed beard now. So. All right, that's coming up next. Jason Moss with Morley Scott. My name is Reed Wilkins. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Patrick Bauer, the studio producer this evening. The guest tonight, Andrew Gross, stuck around. Always fun talking to him. And Jed Roberts, man, that was fun having the former Eskimo in studio. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you tomorrow night. We're going to have Travis Lule on the show tomorrow. That'll be interesting.